Check one, two, three. Man, now the beginning of last year feels like a long time ago. I know. Like, what was, what were we doing? This is the Creative Agency Podcast. Where we explore the strategies, aspirations, methods, and mistakes behind growing and maintaining a successful creative agency. Welcome to another episode of the Creative Agency Podcast. I am Chris Bolton, and I'm here with my brother, Andrew Bolton, the owner of Murmur Creative. Hello. We are going to talk about 2017, how it went for us. Um, There's lots of stuff that happened last year. Um, Also, we want to talk about um, whether we hit our goal of a million dollars, which was also our goal the prior year. We didn't hit it. We're going to find out if we hit it this year uh, a little bit later in the show. But first, I want to sort of tell the story of 2017. Um, one of the exciting things that happened in 2017 was that I moved out of your house. <laughs> <laughs> On a personal level. Um, yeah, we'd been living together under the same roof for about what, six years since we bought that house. Yeah. It's kind of like a two... <clears throat> two dwelling house because there's an upstairs that has a kitchen and a bathroom. And so my family was living up there and yours was living down there and, um, and, uh, it worked great for a long time and and then we need a little more space. So I moved across the street. (laughs) (laughs) It's about as far as we could bear to be apart. Yeah. As you can tell, um, we're pretty close here at Murmur Creative, um, (laughs) brothers that live together and work together. Um, trying but, to convince the rest of the employees to buy houses on the block, but no one's taken us up on it yet. Yeah, TJ lives pretty close. It's true. <laughs> um, and then news for you, you got engaged. It's true. Which is exciting. Yeah, very exciting. Got a wedding coming up this summer. Mm-hmm. Backyard wedding. Yeah. So let's talk about um, the year for Murmur. The year started out really strong. Um, lots of exciting stuff. We onboarded like a lot of work. There's something that, you know, happens when you start onboarding a lot of work at the beginning of the year where you're just like, we could end up basically getting the, the budget for the entire year, like early on. And that's really exciting. And that kind of happened yeah. in 2017. Yeah. It kind of gave us this feeling like, oh, we've just, we've got this, now we can just focus on doing the work and we can kind of, um, yeah, stress out less and, and just do the job the best that we can. But I would, I, you know, it was probably a historically stressful year for Murmur when it came down <laughs> oh, to yeah. it. We didn't, <laughs> there were a lot of things we didn't foresee. I think the other problem is when you onboard an entire year's worth of work in a couple months, it can be really anxiety producing to you know, all of us kind of looking at the the amount of work that needs to get done, even though, you know, this work is going to be spread out during it over an entire year, you sort of look out, look at it all at once and, and, and it can be a little overwhelming. So I think, um, you know, we were busy to begin with and then we onboarded basically nine months worth of work all at once. And, um, 
yeah, it was a pretty stressful time at the same time that it was exciting. You know, we put in our due and we've become a much more experienced agency over the last couple of years, but we also don't have a lot of um, collective agency experience. So there are still some things that, you know, on occasion that we're just totally unprepared for or that like we haven't thought ahead far enough about. And um, we were sort of dealing with some cultural issues that, you know, once you become, you know, a 12 person agency, like culture has to be addressed and thought about proactively. And we hadn't done that as much as, you know, we could, should if we had 2020 <laughs> vision hindsight. Yeah. But um, there were some people whose, you know, jobs were less defined and we were sort of asking a lot of them and asking them to sort of help create their positions and we had people who you know just frankly had more on their plate than they could get done in a day and so I think between you know with those with the combination of that and sort of the high stress agency culture you know it caused some problems yeah and we had we had someone quit and we fired someone both firsts at murmur yeah <laughs> so um, yeah, both of those things were really difficult. I think, um, firstly, the, you know, the, the person who left, it was sort of one of those situations where it felt like a failure on our part because, you know, we had been taking it on, you know, it had not been working out very well for quite a while. And we kept meeting with this person and trying to solve the problems and, address what wasn't working for them wasn't what, what wasn't working for the agency what wasn't working for other individuals and it seemed like something you know in the past it was something we always were able to overcome and sort yeah. of either find figure out what that person's strengths were and how they jived with what we were doing it just wasn't you know the person was a great person who had a lot of strengths but it just for whatever reason, we couldn't figure out a way to like make it work, make it work to connect the things. And it did. It felt like a failure on our part. I think, you know, it was hard for the person. It was hard for us. It was hard for some of the employees as well. So the fact that this person was put into a position where they were struggling caused more tension amongst other employees, you know, and like it. You know, it's just it's not something we dealt with before. It was, yeah. you know, it was difficult and it was emotional. And when they quit, we were sad. And um, yeah, but, you know, for the overall, I suppose, the health of the organization, it was, you know, it was good that we understood and that, you know, this person understood that, like, the fit, what, what we had created wasn't working. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And that, yeah, it was just sort of, yeah. I mean, I don't want to say inevitable, but it, it had something had to give and that was how it worked out and definitely after that yeah we were we able we were able with the next hire we were able to address some things and figure out what kind of skill set we were you know looking for and you know we certainly learned from the experience it was it was just another one of those growing pains it was it was no fun um and I thought that maybe that was the worst it was going to get, but <laughs> it was very shortly after that we fired our first. Employee. Yeah. That we had to let someone go. And that I found to be excruciating. It was horrible. <laughs> so yeah, it was tricky. You know, it was, it was somebody who of course, like we'd worked with for a long time. We had personal relationships with that were 
that were not weren't bad, weren't stressed or strained. Um, I mean, you know, maybe in directly related to work they were, but not on you know not on a personal level. And you know, so it was hard. It was like it was it felt like a breakup. You know, yeah. I think that's <laughs> basically this individual revealed to another one of our leadership team that they did not trust or sort of believe in our capabilities as leaders. It came, it didn't come from just, it came from a lot of different places. (laughs) I guess it was, I mean, you know, I think if if I'm going to take the relation, the relationship slash breakup analogy any further, I would say it was sort of one of those situations where I wouldn't say I'm exactly sure who broke up with who, because I think that person was done and didn't know how to leave the relationship. (laughs) And, you know, we were maybe we could tell and we're sort of getting to that point as well, because we could tell that they were done with us. And, you know, but but again, we're not the firing type of agency. (laughs) You know, we, we would much rather never, you know, I would very much love to never have to do that again wishful thinking i'm sure but in this case it was you know it was very much an inevitable thing that had to happen and um yeah it was it was it was quite literally terrible (laughs) (laughs) i just remember you know because we had sort of come to the decision that it just gone way too far and we needed to act and just you know pull rip off the band-aid and neither you or i slept all night no and I remember we drove into work that morning and we were both just all nerves, yeah. all oh, jitters. Oh, yeah. It I was, was <laughs> I was looking for any reasoning that I could possibly find to talk myself out of it. Um, but it just, you know, it needed to happen. So we did it. We tore off the Band-Aid. It sucked. Um, you know, it, it wasn't as... I mean, it was as terrible as it could have been, but it also, in how it was received by the former employee, you know, they were understanding. It was, it was one of those things. Like, like I said, they knew that it was coming, and so it was like, just like, okay, right, <laughs> this is this is what's happening, and yeah. okay, let's. This is probably what's best for everyone. It wasn't like a, a you know, mean spirit. You know, no one, no mean things were said or anything it was kind of like i understand i understand let's okay let's go our separate ways but it felt terrible and like i said you know we had a personal relationship with this person and i I don't know where things go from here but it's been a while now you know it's like we're not in contact and and it's tough when you um you know we're still small enough of an agency that we spent you know we had lunch with that person every every week you know every almost every day it's like it's definitely, it's an emotional thing. So that was definitely a, a kind of coming in a, coming of age moment for us as an agency. You know, if we were to take lessons away, you know, and these are the lessons that you probably, you know, you just have to learn them for yourself because no matter how many times someone tells you you're, it's going to be hard, is that, you know, to address these questions, there are these problems quicker you know because i think it did hurt our agency in both cases that we had these sort of open wounds that were not getting dealt with and um i think that it like we even though we onboarded a lot of work at the beginning of the year i think we were kind of limping for a while because not so much that we weren't 
doing the work or that clients were getting angry or anything. It was just kind of, we weren't all together, all on the same page. Emotions were running high. Like we weren't just, we weren't synchronized as a team as well as we could have been. Yeah. I think when, you know, when those two situations sort of resolve themselves and, and like Chris said, I think we absolutely should have dealt with them, not to say that we should have fired both employees or one employee you know, forced them to leave or whatever. But I think we were under this impression or, you know, we thought that maybe if we just made this little tweak or this little tweak or hung on a little longer, that things would resolve themselves and they weren't and they weren't going to. And it was just getting worse. And, you know, certainly we could have let it go further, but it was it went far enough that it did damage you know, the, the business to a certain extent. And when those, you know, when those two things had been dealt with, it was kind of amazing how quickly the ship was righted and how things really smoothed out for everyone, for, for us, for the rest of the employees. And, you know, probably to a certain extent to our clients. Um, it was, like we said, it was a really good learning experience because of the fact that as painful as it was, when we went into it, we knew we were doing something that was really painful, but we didn't even know if it would help or if yeah. it was just like, you know, we were making the right decision. And the, the one, uh, you know, bright side was that when we did get to the other side, we're like, okay, well, at least we don't have to second guess ourselves because things really smoothed out. Um, and then the irony is right as everything started smoothing out on a cultural level at Murmur, we sort of were entering the third quarter and we had land, you know, we had had um, onboarded all this work at the beginning of the year, and we were still super busy because, like I said, we probably onboarded nine months of work. We all of a sudden realized that we hadn't onboarded any work in quite a while, and that sure we were going to be good through September, but what was the end of the year going to look like? And we realized we had really taken our eyes off our sort of sales pipeline or our sales. Um, yeah, and one thing I will say to sort of preface that is um, we are very lucky to get a lot of prospects. We have a lot of people contacting us look, looking you know, for the services that we offer. That didn't dry up. So it wasn't so much like people weren't contacting us. Yeah. It's just we weren't winning the work right. that we were sending out proposals for. In fact, we had a big spike of, yeah, that was sort of the thing. I think the thing that was the most eye-opening and kind of jarring to us is we had a, lar- a big spike in uh, leads, perspective work. We sent all these proposals out, but we were so distracted. And I also, I think, sort of originally we were in this like, oh, we're, you know, we're killing it right now. We should bid high and don't worry about it because, um, you know, we send out 10 proposals. We're going to get three people to sign and we sent out many more than 10 proposals and i you know a few months later we said oh shit <laughs> we didn't get any of them <laughs> you know yeah. and it was like this kind of weird like like that never happened before you know and it, it forced us to take a look and go okay why didn't we get any of those projects and um it was interesting, you know, that was a really interesting experience. I mean, it was a little, it was nerve wracking. The summer, as the months went on throughout the summer, you know, we got 
really anxious and really nervous and, and to an extent that I don't think we really had before. And it just kind of, you know, it was almost laughable at a certain point. Like we'd send one off and we'd be like, oh, well, we're certainly getting this one. We would have always gotten this job in the past and then it wouldn't come through. Or, you know, I think we had the experience on two or three projects where the client verbally confirmed with us and said, oh, absolutely. We're doing this with you. We just need, we'll sign the contract next week. And then came back and said, hey, something changed our organization. And, you know, they're pulling the plug on this whole project or, um, you know, like something of the like um, happened several times. So there was some of it was bad luck and some of it was um, certainly that we hadn't been able to put the focus on our sales and our proposals and, and so on. Yeah, it was kind of a perfect storm. I and mean, we identified so many different things that sort of were at play. I mean, one of them, you know, a lot of people were getting, a lot of people didn't like our pricing. They felt we were bidding too high. And it was, I, you know, I don't know how much of that was the market and how much of it was us, but we, you know, we immediately started scaling back our prices and trying to figure out even how to, you know, tighten up our processes so we weren't charging Could afford as to, much. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of different tiers in, you know, certainly there are many tiers in business and, and business size and project size. And, um, you know, I think you have to figure out what the ceiling is for kind of the sorts of clients that are coming to you at any given time. And I think we had been, you know, you want to you want to try to you don't want to leave money on the table. So we're always pushing that up. And and certainly whenever you have landed a lot of work you're gonna you're gonna try to find the ceiling yeah it just i think all of those things added up and we just found ourselves all of a sudden from this total feast to yeah. total famine well and the other thing i would add is i feel like we're maturing as an agency at the same time that a lot of other agencies in portland are maturing there's i think that the competition is stiffer Absolutely. I think that I don't think the prices we were giving out were absurd by any means. No, I think that we just sort of for the size of business, we were just kind of hitting the top range, you know, in order to, you know, start thinking about our projects as less profitable. Um, but it's better to have less profitable projects than no projects at all. <laughs> for sure. One of the things that that kind of you know, as we started losing projects, of course, something we ask all prospects who tell us, oh, we've decided to go in another direction, is we immediately say, who did you decide to go with and why? You know, which of course is, is just great information to have so that we can kind of decide whether, oh, I think they went with them because, you know, either they tell you because um, their work is just, you know, maybe on a higher level or they're less expensive or they're more, uh, specialized in the industry that they're in. But in that process and sort of looking at these other agencies, you know, I was looking around and I was going, this isn't, we're not really getting beaten by agencies that do better work than us. We're not getting, we're not always even getting beaten by agencies that are less expensive than us. I think it was interesting. It was like these agencies who we might have stronger work than are presenting themselves better than we are presenting ourselves. And that's from uh, all the way from sort of 
their website to how they presented the work that they had done. And I assume in presentations that they were giving these clients, we had kind of fallen off on that. You know, our website was several years old. We had a lot of great work that we had yet to put up on our website that was, you know, at this point, six months, we'd finished six months ago and hadn't even had time to put together a case study or a work page. And so, you know, we weren't even putting our best foot forward. So there were these agencies that, you know, in my opinion, we rivaled, you know, that we were in a lot of senses stronger candidates then, but they were more polished and they had a better, you know, they had a better presentation. So that made me go, oh God, right. Well, you can't, you can't let up for a minute, not in Portland and not in most cities in this country, but certainly not in Portland you have to just be constantly putting your best foot forward and making sure that the latest, greatest project that you just finished is right there on the front of your website. Right. And um, it was like, I looked at our website, I'm like, oh God, you know, we, <laughs> we're so much better than this. But, you know, if it's not, if, if when you're landing work, it's the last thing you're thinking about. And, the, and so when we discovered that that was a little behind and you know maybe our prices weren't quite right for these projects and again also that we just weren't we weren't convincing these clients that we wanted them bad enough um so i would say the next thing that we started to address was okay how do we you know how do we make these clients feel special how do we make them feel like we're would really love their business, which we, which we would really love, yeah. certainly at that point, but always, you know, it was just, we were less distracted. So since then we've really worked on our proposal process. We've worked on even from everything from like, you know, first touches to um, the presentation that we put in front of them. And then I say more than anything is really customizing the experience to that in particular client, which is something that we've, we've always known that we needed to be doing, but we'd gotten away with not doing it. So we had, you know, certainly we changed the names on the proposals and the, and the presentations, but, and chose appropriate work, but we hadn't been, you know, doing anything above and beyond, which now has become part of our process for any proposal that that um is you know something that we're really excited to get so in pretty much every proposal yeah we started um well first we started creating murmur days which was um kind of a great idea as we're doing once a quarter a full day where we just dedicate time to work on ourselves and that allowed us to get more work up, do more write-ups, more case studies, create more content that can go into our proposals and onto our website to show the work that we've been doing. Which is a great thing to do on a few levels. I feel like it was great because we actually got the work done, but it was also like sort of this, you know, it's sort of a bonding thing. It sort of it brings, you know, everyone in the company is excited for a murmur day. It's kind of the whole tone of the day is different. You know, we're like, we're not going to talk to clients today. We're not, you know, unless an emergency comes up, we're going to be, you know, turn our, turn our email off or at least not look at it. Yeah, it's just it makes I feel like it it's it spurs creativity in a way that is really amazing. People are excited about the work that we've done. They're excited to show it to the world. So a great kind of morale booster as well as something to really start, um, you know, improving our chances of landing projects. And then the other great thing we did we started doing was some sort of almost what you'd call like a stunt 
for the client we're pitching. So um, usually we would create photographic evidence. So like if it was a restaurant that we were pitching, we'd all go to the restaurant, we'd all order different dishes, we'd take a bunch of photos, and then we'd include that um, documentation of that event in the proposal yeah. and we'd send pictures to the people we were pitching yeah, and show them. Yeah. Probably that my favorite example is we got a, a you know bid request from Zenner Sausages, which is a, a local sausage company that's, you know, they they've been around for a really long time. They're everyone in Portland knows who they are. They sell them at every ballpark and arena and um, grocery store and you know, everyone at Murmur already had a relationship with Zenner Sausage. So we thought, well, heck, let's let's do a photo shoot where everybody kind of makes their favorite sausage in their specific way that they like it. And we'll take a photo. And then, you know, we had this uh, in our presentation, we have a, uh, a team page where we show everyone on the team. And, you know, we have these hilarious photos with everybody showing off their, their hot dog. And then, you know, below it would say the person's name, their job title, and then give the description of their hot dog. Um, which, you know, immediately you could tell we sat down with the client, we pulled it up and, you know, they kind of lit up. And the next thing, you know, he's got his phone out and he's actually photographing the screen from a presentation to send to people back at the at the sausage company. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was very clear to us that that little things like that um, make a huge difference. Yeah. It's an investment, though, because we did that same sort of work for a lot of proposals we didn't get too. yeah no absolutely many more than we did get yeah we did get center sausages <laughs> <laughs> Woo but yeah it's it's extra work but it just seemed necessary mm-hmm. you know like we got to show these clients that like we are jazzed to work with them and um and yeah and yeah we started winning more work and i think that you know we rounded out the year on a pretty positive note um we started onboarding a lot of new work and we've been onboarding a lot of new work since then. So things feel really strong. I suppose it's probably a good time to talk about what our, um, whether we made the million dollar mark for 2017. People have just been dying <laughs> to, to find know. out. <laughs> coast to coast. I'm sure. Yeah. They coast all to wonder. Coast. <laughs> Did Murmur Creative make a million dollars? White knuckling. In, in 2017. Well, the answer is yes. We did it. Um, just barely. Just barely. What was that, the final number? Kind of bounced around a little bit. At one point, it was like $1 million, or like $1,118 or something, <laughs> something like that. But I think that it was adjusted here and there for a couple of reasons. But um, yeah, it was, we just barely yeah. broke. Yeah. We, you know, within, within 150 bucks, we yeah. did it. Felt great um no it was great and it was perfect because you know we did our our year cost a little bit less than we anticipated it costing so it you know it was even though it was sort of our goal for the year before it would turned out to be a great goal for for last year and you know besides those three months going into the out of the summer and into the fall we had a fantastic year financially um Oh, and it's, uh, that was 20, 21% growth, which, yeah. is, which is great. I mean, the year before we did 44% growth, which is pretty insane. Um, but we, we had set out 
at the onset of the year, we had decided that this year was less about hiring people and more the goal was to really just uh, become more efficient and streamline our processes. And so I feel like we did 21% growth. And I don't think with the kind of turnover and everything that we mentioned, I don't think we had any more employees when we finished the year than we did when we started the year. And so the year previous that we had had 44% growth, I think we'd added, you know, three, three, or, four em- three or four people. Yeah. So we had grown 44% or, you know, whatever. So um, this was impressive that we could do to us. It was impressive to do 21% growth just solely based on being more efficient, doing better work, getting paid better for our work, of course. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that was kind of, yeah. And, you know, I think one of the things is, especially if you're starting out like a small agency, you know, one of the, one of the things that I'm learning and I feel like, you know, is probably helpful for other agencies that are just starting out to think is that like, there isn't, you know, there isn't going to be necessarily some huge slush fund at the end of the year because you're an agency and you're doing big, you know, 50, $60,000 projects or whatever, like there's something about running a business where all the money finds a place to go. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) Um, No, I mean, it's good. I mean, and you know, business owners know this, like at the end of the year, if you look in the bank account and there's a big lump sum sitting there, the first thing you think is, oh God, the government. (laughs) (laughs) It's not... That's not exactly, you know, it's a blessing and a curse. So what you immediately do is you take a look at the business and you say, where can I invest this back into the business? Um, So that's what we do. You know, we invest it back into our people, of course, is the first place it goes. And then after that, we uh, look around and see what other things need to happen. In our case this year, it was standing desks and ergonomic chairs. Yeah. (laughs) So that was sort of the big one. But, you know, we do. I mean, of course, it's the holidays. So... Um, you, we always like to get the studio a Christmas present. This year it was a uh, a drone. A drone. We did get a drone. <laughs> we we really need to start using the drone. <laughs> <laughs> I had some fun over the summer, but um, yeah, and we we've yet to really utilize it. But we've got some plans, and um, yeah, I think it's just it's when when you are running a business like this. It really, I mean, it makes more sense than anything else to just invest back into the, into the business. If, if, if that's your goal, you know, if your goal is not to show profit because you want to sell the business and you're like, Oh, look, we made all this money. We just want a really healthy, a really healthy business. And so, yeah, it it, it only makes sense to just put it back in. So cool. Let's talk a little bit about this year and what how things are looking and what our plans are. One of the things we sort of decided towards the end of last year is that, you know, um, ongoing SEO was a service that we've been offering for um, a lot of clients. And we're sort of thinking about de-emphasizing that service. Um, we haven't totally put it to bed, but I think it's something that we're, we're, we can do and we're good at, but it was, you know, you have to be able to scale services and it was just a service that we had trouble sort of growing and scaling. I think one of the pieces is that you're the only person on staff who specializes in that. (laughs) So it all falls on your shoulders. And I think that was taking up so much of the time, even though that was actually one of our most profitable uh, services, it wasn't 
good for the business to have Chris working on that around the clock. You know, it was much better for the health of the overall business if he was helping us land new work that yeah. was work that everybody else could do. Well, and you can only scale it so far. I mean, you could only we could only make so much money from SEO while I was doing it like part time. Right. You know, we would have had to make a commitment to hire somebody. We got and, close a few times. Yeah. I think it just sort of was one of those things where we've grown this business in a lot of different directions. And, you know, when it comes down to it, what, what's our passion? Like, what, what are we what are we the best at? And what do we love doing the most? And I think, I think Chris enjoys doing that kind of work, but I don't think it's his passion in life. Yeah. And so I think <laughs> for us, what seemed like a whole lot more exciting was focusing on brand strategy. Um, which I guess before we get too far into this year, we should mention um, one of our biggest goals from from last year was to, you know, we've always been a little, you know, we've always been a website and branding agency. I would say that the split throughout the years has probably been somewhere around about 70% website and 30% branding, give or take. And, you know, as the the founder of the business, the person who started the business, I branding is much more my passion. I do love websites and I love technology and that you know that that's part of what we do. But certainly initially, it had kind of become part of the business as you know as that being a piece of the branding. And so we basically just kind of had this goal last year that we'd like to even those numbers out a little bit and start focusing more on branding and what other deliverables can we do with branding beyond just logos and logo guidelines, you know, can we get a lot more into the strategic side of branding? We had really good success with that. Yeah, (laughs) we did. Which was awesome. At the end of the year, I think, do you remember what the, what the breakdown was? It was, I was almost split in half between branding and, um, and websites. Yeah. So So a huge swing. And I think, you know, what that, a couple of things that that was one, we kind of finally got our foot in the door with, product packaging, which is something we've always enjoyed doing, but have never had a ton of opportunities to do. And we kind of had a snowball effect where we did a few packages. They went over really well. Clients, potential clients started seeing them around and all of a sudden we had a packaging business. (laughs) And we actually, I mean, in order to do that, we took on packaging projects that we knew we were going to lose money on Yeah, Um, because we, you know, like you had said before, like you always wanted to do packaging, but people just wouldn't hit us up for yeah, it because we didn't, we didn't have the work. Yeah. So, you know, we took on projects where we're like, yeah, we're not going to make any money on this, but we want to do a really good job and put yeah. it on our website so yeah. we can yeah. make it part of the business. And we proved to our clients and to ourselves that we were in fact good at it yeah. and had a lot of success. So, so that was part of it. And then, like I mentioned before, the other part was that we really started to broaden those offerings and we're offering a lot more, um, you know, we're doing, naming and we're doing brand strategy pieces like um, mission and vision taglines um, kind of yeah we built like a, a fifteen thousand dollar strategy package yeah and sure enough started selling it <laughs> <laughs> yeah people people were signing up so so that's been huge and that's it's really I think across you know everyone at murmur has really enjoyed that process and again we've got a there's been some learning curve there and and we're continuing to really refine that package and that process 
but I think right out of the gate, you know, we've got the talent and the and the natural ability to do it. So we've been succeeding from the get go. But there's just all those little things to refine the process yeah. um, that we're still learning. It's so interesting because, yeah, to create good design, you have to be good at strategy. So it wasn't that we weren't good at strategy. It's just we hadn't packaged it. Yeah. And we, <laughs> yeah. And we hadn't been like, so how do you go from like a, you know, $6,000 logo or $9,000 logo to a $25,000 branding, branding package, you know, or yeah. a group, you know. I guess the, the branding package, if you count the logo, is more like 25000 yeah. So, you know, we were used to, you know, a branding project for us was usually about $10,000, and a website usually started somewhere around thirty. So it was, you know, of course we were making more money, so it was kind of asking ourselves that question, how do we create a branding package that is closer to that thirty mark? Um, and we did, and it's been great. <laughs> And, you know, it's so funny at the same, you know, as our prices raise, we will have people who just, they choke on their throat lozenge as soon as they hear our pricing. It's like, it's, you know, when you're like a small business and we still have these people, you know, reach out to us who are like a one or two person business. And they're like, I need a logo on a website. And we're like, that'll be $55,000. And they freak out and they don't, and they're done with us. And, you know, that's, we, we try to say it nicely. <laughs> we do say it nicely. <laughs> no, no. 55, take it or leave it. No, but no. Yeah, I, they, no, we, we say, look, because we have such in-depth processes and because, you know, we are a large team of people who do this work, it's, it's a little more expensive. But yeah, they are not prepared for those kind of prices. But when larger businesses come who understand that branding and a website paired are probably going to run a hundred thousand dollars and you come to them and say well we've got you know a logo and a brand book for ten thousand and a website for forty thousand they don't take you seriously because they're looking for a full you know branding uh package and so where we used to lose those projects to agencies who had more built out uh processes and, and packages now we're landing those projects which is great yeah. And, you know, we've also done a lot of work on our pricing. I, I, I have like a crazy um, multi-page Excel doc right now that calculates all the hours that are needed to complete a project based on, you know, like 20 or 30 different criteria. And we mark, we take the number of hours that it's going to take, the cost it takes execute that and pay all of our employees and then we add 20 percent to it it's not crazy magic we're not making huge amounts of money off of right. these projects we're just trying to make a 20 percent profit right. which we don't always we, do <laughs> we never do <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah i mean i guess we do now and again but it's the majority of the time some of that budget ends up getting sucked up into um some portion of you know rent rounds going over or scope creep um it's so funny because i remember hearing you know uh, larger agencies quote larger prices and just being like they just must be rolling in it you know like they charge a hundred thousand dollars for that you know but it's the better your product becomes the more work you put into it the more it costs to 
build and they're, they're working for larger agencies or working for larger companies is always more work there's just more yeah. things that that go into it um so yeah let's talk a little bit more about this year um everything's looking really good i was just looking on our website traffic the other day it's up 50 percent right now from last year um we're getting a lot more proposals um a lot more people asking about brand strategy more. More bid requests. More yeah, bid more requests. proposals going out. Yeah, I think that, that, you know, like we said, the end of last year, we kind of finally recovered from the panic that we had in the second half. And, yeah, heading into this year, we, we landed some great projects right at the end of the year, and then we immediately landed some really great projects going into this year. Um, and I think... It's interesting now sort of having the experience of last year where it started similarly, but then all of a sudden we were in the late summer months and panicking. I think our eyes are open. <laughs> you know, we're just a lot more aware and we're ready to, if if we see a downshift in, in proposals being signed or something, I think we're going to be a lot quicker to go, okay, what's going on here? What do we think we need to adjust? rather than kind of getting behind it for a minute and being like, oh God, what is, yeah. what's going to happen? You know, um, I think it feels good to have this cushion right now of work, um, but we're not letting up, you know, the pedal's still to the metal and we're, we're really, um, like we said, with the onboarding, we're putting a lot more into it. We're, um, we're just working on another, you know, proposal today, today where we were, you know, had a creative, um, internal process to kind of let them know how excited we are for the opportunity yeah yeah i mean we've been and this may be this project that you're talking about may be one of the largest organizations we've pitched on before yeah. not to say i mean we know that we're going up against like 20 other really good agencies so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to say we're gonna win it yeah no no not i mean but to be considered for yeah, to a be huge considered. national organization. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, we might be up against a handful of other agencies, but we're in the mix. You know, we're not, it's not, we know it wasn't just by luck that we ended up on the list. Yeah. They, um, they you know, confirmed with us that um, we were, in fact, someone who they were really interested in. So that it's, feels good and it's exciting and um, yeah, well, I think we're anticipating a big year and I think we're kind of back onto the, like, you know, we're ready to do a little bit of hiring and, and, um, I, I guess that leads into one of, one of the, um, biggest shifts that we want to see happen this year. And I think will be really, um, big for us is to hire another project manager. We, to this point have been a one project manager shop Yeah, and which might be kind of crazy at the size that we are. Um, we just have a really good project. Manager. It's true. We do. <laughs> and um, so, but it's interesting because I feel like I, I sat down one day and I started thinking about what it would mean to hire another project manager. And I think I hadn't really realized how significant that hire would be um, just in that, you know, currently at Murmur, every single project that we work on, goes through this one project manager you know there that project manager you know there are different developers that work on different websites and different designers that work on different websites but um as far as project management absolutely everything is going through that same funnel and or pipeline or however you want to say it and 
to add another project manager, it, it just like all of a sudden restructures our entire business. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, oh my God, this, everything doesn't go through the same pipe. Like all of a sudden we're, we've got two pipes, you yeah. know, which, yeah. which, um, yeah, I hadn't thought about how, what, a, how different things will be around here when that happens and what that'll open up us up to. I mean, I think what it'll open us up to is more growth and give us the opportunity to really start to expand. But it hadn't really, you know, to me, it was just like, oh, it's just one more, you know, we hire designers pretty regularly. We've hired developers and, and it, and it certainly it's always feels significant and big to us, but I hadn't thought about how that hire was just really going to change the entire, uh, pro, you know, the entire kind of function of the business. So we're very excited about that. You know, we're, we're kind of in the position right now where we're like, okay, we, we, we have one designer who we're like, want to hire before we hire that project manager. But if we can land a couple of these projects going forward, that's going to be a no, it's going to be no problem and it's going to be a no brainer. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited to see what that looks like. And I'm sure there'll be a ton of pitfalls along the way, you yeah. know, learning curve with, with yeah. restructuring things. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because you add a project manager, but you're not actually adding all the resources that our project manager now has. So it's not like you're doubling the resources, you're just doubling the ability to manage more resources. So right. in a way, we hope to hire the project manager and then hopefully not too long after hire more resources for that project manager, more right. designers and developers. Right. Um, and, you know, I mean, it's not like we are shooting to be a 200 person agency no. or anything, but I think that we what we realized is that we've, at least at our, current state is that we've we've kind of found a groove in the size of clients that we work with and we've got a lot of incoming leads it's not so much that we we don't see necessarily um, a huge increase in opportunity to charge more for projects but we do see an opportunity to take on more projects yeah. in order to do that we need to widen yeah and, and yeah more projects and you know to me Growing the agency is about two things. One, it's about being able to do exciting work, you know, being able to do larger, exciting work. Um, you know, at, at, certainly there are small agencies that do pretty large, exciting work. And so that's not an absolute necessity, but I do think it's easier. You know, you, you get a little larger, you have a little more clout and then you can get larger clients to sign off on you. That's kind of just a fact. And then um, the other piece is, you know, structuring the business in a way and growing the business in a way that that not every single person at the business is, is it critical that that person is on duty at every right. moment? You know, So certainly for myself and for all of my employees, um, and for poor Kylie, our project manager. Um, <laughs> yeah, you want to have, have at least two of everybody, yeah, we right? Want a minimum two of everybody so that, um, yeah, so that people can go on vacation and turn off their phone and not worry about it. Or at the very least, they can get sick <laughs> yeah. and not worry about it, you know? Um, so I think that we're sort of shooting for growth that could land us at a place where those things would be possible and comfortable and um those are sort of the, the the main motivators for for growth but um it's also just fun <laughs> you know yeah. as, as we grow the the team i feel like we're kind of growing the family and 
Um, you know, we've talked on this podcast a lot before about going on uh, camping trips and different outings and stuff as a group. And, you know, we just have a blast. And yeah. now, you know, when everybody's kids and families and significant others are there, you know, we're like a crew of 40. Um, and yeah, it's just really fun. I think everybody's in, enjoying that aspect. And I, I know one of our our sort of missions as well is we really want to be able to give back to our community, to causes that we believe in, to right. nonprofits. Like the larger we become, the more free time we have to sort of, and, and, or not even so much free time as free as available resources we have to get dedicate to things we believe in. And especially in our tumultuous uh, political uh, culture, culture, <laughs> I, I feel like that that has really been brought to the forefront of our intention, our attention and all of our employees attention. And we want to we want to give back. We want to do good things. We want to feel like we left the world a little bit better than where we started out. Yeah. So, yeah. And we've already been able you know, this last year was kind of the first year that we that we did get to choose a couple of of. Um, causes and get behind and sponsor with not you know with with both design work and and volunteer time but also at in a few instances with cash um and that's felt really great you know and that that's really exciting and, and yeah that's absolutely one of the other motivations um the one thing we didn't talk about um which i'm thinking about now is that we're we're kind of we're kind of niching down a little bit on mm-hmm. in the food space and it's always been something that we've done since the beginning of Murmur, but I think that we're starting to see that we have a real good competitive advantage in the mm-hmm. food space. It's true. And, you know, like you were saying this morning, we're, we're by no means moving away from the other industries that we work for or being open to new industries. It's just we're starting to put a lot of focus on the food which which we've already by default or by you know just um by having those clients we've ended up specializing and learning those industries but i think now it's just sort of getting to the point where we're like all right we're winning work in that field at with greater ease yeah than, we, than we it, are i mean it's night and day winning a you know putting out a proposal for a food related food or beverage related client. Like we know we have a really good chance. Sometimes, you know, it's, if it's an industry we've never worked in before, it's just like, we have no idea. Like it's just, it's like rolling the dice. Yeah. And a lot of people, you know, we lose work all the time and people are like, you know what, you just didn't have enough experience. Yeah. We wanted to see someone with that specific, you know, and it's funny because now, you know, I, I, I don't know, just having grown this business and having it grown pretty rapidly, there's these moments where someone's like, well, do you have any experience in, you know, beverages? And my, like, I get anxious for a moment, like, oh God, how are we going to find these examples? And then I'm like, oh yeah, we've got like five beverage clients that I can quickly <laughs> show, you know, it's like, and, and that's, that makes a huge difference. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, the sales process relies so heavily on the work and you know, if you have a really eclectic amount of work, like you're only, you know, you might only have one or two examples that really apply well to who you're pitching for. And um, I think that, you know, again, I think that if we found, a, if there was another avenue that we ended up doing a lot of work in and we started winning work in that avenue as well in that industry, 
um, category, I think that would be fine. It's just right now we have the most ammo in the food and beverage. <laughs> right. And, and we're passionate about it. Yeah. So it's not, you know, it's not just coincidence either. Like it's, it's, it's happened for a reason, you know? So let's just talk a little bit about um, sort of our, make sure we, we got sort of all our goals down and that way our listeners can hold us to it. If, uh, if we miss any of them okay. um, for this Sounds year. Fair. You know, we want to we want to hire another project manager. Yes. Um, we want to do more work in food. Yep. We want to do more more uh, charitable work for causes that we care about. Absolutely. Um, we'd like. Oh, you know, a big goal, and I, who knows if we hit it this year, is this sort of sixty five percent billable, um, which is the idea that 65% of the hours spent working in your business are billable hours. And we I think we're a little top heavy, which means we have, you know, between myself and you and our Mary, our salesperson and our project manager, um, there's a lot of non-billable hours and in ratio to the billable hours. Right. So probably there's probably a couple of different ways to improve that ratio one being efficiencies internal efficiencies figuring out ways to to do things um in a way that we can bill our clients more uh or not bill them more but spend less time doing less time doing work that we can't bill them for (laughs) and then the other one it will also be hiring and so you know certainly that designer that we plan on hiring is going to add to that and then we've got um the project manager will, will sort of offset that designer. So then after that, you know, we're hoping that we could potentially add maybe another designer and another developer, which would push us closer to that 65% billable. The only problem with that is that we're running out of space here in the we office. We really are. So I guess that would lead to our next goal, which <laughs> might've been our goal last year too. I don't know if we'd mentioned that before, but um, we need to move and, or we need to, um, probably not and or probably or (laughs) we need to rent like a satellite office in our building um because yeah we are we are running out of space rapidly and uh, we do a lot of photography and we do some photography in studio and we pretty much run out of room for that all together so we're shooting photos Gone, like crammed into the kitchen sometimes <laughs> in yeah. our conference room if we're not having a meeting. Um, so yeah, we're des- we're in desperate need, but um, we got a great deal on our current studio. So it's it's just it's a little hard to uh, pull the trigger, but we know that that's that's on the on the list as well. I you know we are you know management structure. We're still working with the um, EOS, the entrepreneurial operating system, to try to learn better business practices and organizational stuff. So, oh, and we're, we're rebranding. That's it. Uh, I forgot about that one. <laughs> no big deal. Um, yeah. So we, the last time we did any sort of branding exercise for Murmur was, I guess it was just before we moved into this building, which was three years ago now. Um, and it was, when I say exercise, I'd say it was me like doodling in a notebook and then quickly throwing together a logo and being like, you guys like this? This is cool. Okay, let's do it. Um, because, you know, your own your own 
work always gets the least attention. So um, we're trying to be, you know, really diligent this time and actually run through some of the processes that we run for our clients to, to really update our brand and, and um, come up with something really strong that really represents us. So that's super exciting. And we've just kind of launched that, that process. Um, so yeah, by, by next year, that should have been rolled out. New branding and who knows, hopefully a new website too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's certainly, that's certainly on, on the docket. Well, I feel like we could probably go on for another hour, but we probably won't subject you guys to that. <laughs> so um, We probably will. We'll just turn the microphone off. Yeah. <laughs> um, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll do another follow-up maybe halfway through the year and let you know how things are going here at Murmur HQ. Thanks so much. Bye. You've been listening to the Creative Agency Podcast with your host, Chris Bolton. When he's not podcasting or being a dad, He's the Digital Strategy Director at Murmur Creative in Portland, Oregon. Be sure to visit us online at creativeagencypodcast.com.